0: Good morning, everyone. Thank you for having me here again to preach uh, for you. Um, let me pray as we begin. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you help us to see, uh, help us to pay attention this morning and listen to your word, uh, that we may grow in likeness of your Son and glorify you in our lives. We pray in your Son's name. Amen. Amen. Today we come to the sixth sign in John's Gospel. Uh, this feels low for me. Sorry, give me one moment. Um, Sorry about that. Today we come to the sixth sign in John's Gospel. And as is obvious, signs point to something. They tell us something. Uh, It would be foolish for us to drive to the sign that points to the three sisters in Katoomba uh, without going down the road. I couldn't actually find a picture of the sign that points to the three sisters, but I think that proves my point, really. Um, You've got to walk down the road to see where the sign points to. It would be foolish to stick with just the sign. Uh, In this sixth sign, Jesus heals a man born blind. For in this physical sign, a spiritual reality is made clear. Jesus is the light. He is the one who opens blind eyes. In this passage, John says to us, knowledge will not save you. Only faith in the one who opens your blind eyes. Knowledge will not save you, only faith in the one who opens your blind eyes. Three headings for us this morning. Verses, verses 1 to 12, the first one, the, the sign, a blind man sees. Verses 13 to 34, the interrogation between the Jews and the healed man and his parents. And verses 35 to 41, the confession, spiritual sight is received. Let's go to the first point, heading 1, verses 1 to 12, the sign. Read with me, verse 1. As he was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. Jesus notices the man born blind, a man who has never seen light. He knows voices, he knows smells, he knows touch. But light, sight, he has never known. But Je- and Jesus goes on to make it cl- and makes it clear: this man is blind not because of sin, but verse three, so that God's works might be displayed in him. This man in his suffering was not beyond God's control; he was blind so that God's works may be known. And Jesus goes on in verse four: we, he's talking about him and his his uh, disciples must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus is on an urgent mission. Night is about to fall. He has to do the work he's been sent to do, the works of God. Amanda and I are about to go away to rest for a bit, camping next week. And when camping, the sun runs our day. if... When the sun comes up, you can't help but wake up because the the tent just lights up and it gets hot real quick. But when the sun goes down, everything's dark. There's not much point other than going to sleep. You can't do much more. And so for Jesus, while it is daytime, while the light of the world is in the world, Jesus will shine and make himself known. He will make God known. Verse 6. After he said these things... He spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva and spread the mud on his eyes. He does the work that he was sent to do. Go, he told him to the man born blind. Wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So the man left, washed and he came back seeing. Jesus does his work. And the man goes, he washes and comes back seeing. It's a simple thing, a simple work for Jesus. And look how everyone responds in verse eight. Wouldn't you do the same? His neighbours and those who had seen him before as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit begging? Some said, He's the one. Others were saying, No, but he looks like him. He kept saying, I am the one. Don't picture this like the interrogation that follows. Picture this like awestruck amazement. Picture it like a celebration. For here is the little boy that was born blind, who's grown up in front of them, who now sees, this can't be. How has this happened, they say. But he has to assure them over and over, I'm really the boy, I'm the one. And they ask in verse 10, how, how were your eyes opened? Wouldn't you do the same thing? Wouldn't you respond the same way? Something amazing has happened here. The man simply answers their question in verse 11. The man called Jesus, made mud, spread it on my eyes and told me, go to Siloam and wash. So when I went and washed, I received my sight. He sees because of the man called Jesus. Where is he? They asked. Verse 12. I don't know. He said he couldn't see. He didn't know where he went. He's never seen Jesus with his own eyes. It's a simple work for Jesus, isn't it? A simple work of God, a sign that points to the one who brings light to those who can't see. But this man, this man born blind, he knows very little about Jesus, doesn't he? He knows his name and that's about it. The man called Jesus. What do you, what do you know about Jesus? Is he a miracle worker? Is he a good teacher? Is he just something, else, something less or is he something more? Heading one, the sign. Heading two, verses 13 to 34, the interrogations. Jesus drops out of the story here. He just disappears. And John focuses on the man, on the sign that has happened, to point to Jesus. There are three interrogations that happen here, all with the Pharisees. The Pharisees and the man. Then the Pharisees bring in his parents, the second interrogation. And the third interrogation, they interrogate the man once again. The first interrogation. Let's have a look. Verses 13 to 17. Read with me. Verse 13. They brought the man who used to be blind to the Pharisees. John labors the point. This man was blind and now he sees. Verse 14. The day that Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes was a Sabbath. Then the Pharisees asked him again how he received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, he told them. I washed and I can see. The neighbors, all they want is an explanation. They take him to the Pharisees to to learn from the leaders. Surely they know what has happened. The man retells the events. Jesus gave him sight. And the Pharisees, they're divided over who Jesus is. Verse 16. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. But others were saying, how can a sinful man perform such signs? And there was a division among them. Some of them confidently respond, Jesus is not from God. Why? Because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. Only now do we find out in the story that he, what, this sign was done on the Sabbath. And because Jesus worked on the Sabbath, he cannot be from God, they say. But some others of the Pharisees, some of them, recognize that a sinful man couldn't do such a thing. And so the Pharisees are divided over who Jesus is. Verse 17, again they asked the blind man, what do you say about him since he opened your eyes? He's a prophet, he said. The blind man has moved along in his understanding, hasn't he? From knowing Jesus by name and that is it, to thinking or considering him to be a prophet. But the Pharisees, they still refuse to pay attention. They need more evidence. So they drag in his parents the second interrogation. Verse 18, the Jews did not believe this about him, that he was blind and received sight. Once again, John makes the point. And they summoned the parents of the one who had received his sight. The parents confirm that the man was born blind, that their son was born blind, who now sees. But out of fear, they divert the the Pharisee's attention to the son. He is of age, let him speak. And we learn why in verse 22. His parents said these things, Because they were afraid of the Jews. Since the Jews had already already agreed that if anyone confessed him, Jesus that is, as the Messiah, he would be banned from the synagogue. This is why his parents said, he's of age, ask him. Out of fear of the Jews, they don't want to be caught up in this. They know that their blind son can now see. A work only the Messiah can do. But they are scared of what people will say, what the Jews will do to them. They're scared of the leaders of their community. Scared of being kicked out of the synagogue. Scared of becoming outcasts, of being shunned by their neighbours. Scared, scared of what this could mean for their lives. Scared to confess what this sign really means. Scared to side with their son. All the same fears I think that people have today. When coming to Jesus, people are to confess faith in Christ. But people can be scared of things, scared of what others will do to them, scared of what others will think of me. And so a third interrogation happens. Verse 24, a second time they summoned the man who had been blind and told him, Give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. We know it to be true. Tell us the truth, they say. They know he is not from God, and now they are certain they know he's a sinner. They are sure of it. The man, on the other hand, though, verse 25, much more humble, he answers, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, and now I can see. He acknowledges what he doesn't know. He doesn't have all the answers, but he makes clear what he does. He was blind and now he sees. The cry of all believers, isn't it? We were blind, but now we see. The the Pharisees continue. They refuse to believe, so they ask again, verse 26. They ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? The man is amazed, isn't he? Verse 27. I already told you, he said. And you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? You don't want to become his disciples too, do you? And they ridiculed him. You're that man's disciples. But we're Moses' disciples. We know that God has spoken to know Moses. But this man, we don't know where he's from. The Pharisees, they're refusing to listen, aren't they? They don't want to engage with this sign. So they turn to ridicule the man. They know Moses. They're confident in what they know. They, they have their knowledge. They refuse to see Jesus who, for who he really is. The man though, verse 30, this is an amazing thing that they don't believe, that they don't know, recognize who Jesus is. This is an amazing thing, he says. You don't know where he's from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is God-fearing and does his will, he listens to him. This man hasn't got a, th- a theological degree or any sort of deep knowledge. He's been a beggar by the side of the road all his life. But he has logic on his side. And he is slowly, we're slowly seeing that he is coming to understand who Jesus really is. The Pharisees, they're sure that Jesus is a sinner. But logically to the man, that doesn't make any sense. A work only God could have done has happened How could this man be a sinner? God wouldn't listen to this man. And he continues, verse 32. Here's the big point, I think. One of the big things. Throughout all of history, throughout history, no one has ever heard of someone opening the eyes of a person born blind. Never has this happened you see, the, Pharisee, the Pharisees should know who Jesus is by this sign. They claim to know the law. They claim to know their Old Testaments. Well, Isaiah said in verse 30, chapter 35, verse 5, On the day that the Messiah comes to save his people, when the Messiah comes, the Savior of the world, then the eyes of the blind will be opened. John the Baptist was one who knew this. He got locked up in prison and he'd heard of what Jesus was doing, but he asked for a sign. So he sent his disciples to go speak to Jesus. Are you the Messiah? Are you the one we're waiting for? And Jesus replies, the eyes of the blind are being opened. What do you think, he says. The blind receiving sight was a sign. The Messiah, the saviour of the world has come to save his people. And the Pharisees, though, they refuse to see. And they resort to what they know, ridicule and anger. Verse 34, you were born entirely in sin, they replied. And are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out, the arrogance of these men. They refuse to be taught by someone who is beneath them, someone that has been a beggar by the roadside. How dare you teach me? Knowledge is a dangerous thing, isn't it? They trust in what they know. They don't want to debate the issue. They don't really want to understand, do they? So they throw the man out. Isn't this our experience too a lot of the time? We share the gospel with people, but people don't want to listen. They don't want to see. They resort to name-calling and slander. We're ridiculed and we're persecuted for preaching Christ and telling others about the light of the world that has come. It is expected of us. It'll, it is an expected response. People are so confident in what they know, aren't they? They are so sure that they are right with God or the gods or the spiritual whatever it is. So arrogant that they refuse to see the living God. They've exchanged the creator for a created thing. They'd lo- rather live under the rule of what is no God at all. They would rather live in darkness then see the light of the world who has saved them. But also for us, it's a warning, I think, partially for us. Our knowledge hasn't saved us and it won't save us. It will not keep you saved. Don't hear me wrong. Knowledge is a good thing. Paul prays for the Ephesians, doesn't he? That they would grow in knowledge of God and love and the love of God. But knowledge isn't the thing that saves. You can't rely on what you know. You must rely on Christ alone, the light of the world, who has opened your blind eyes. By faith come to him. Heading to the interrogations. Third point, 35 to 41, the confession. Here, the blind man Receives spiritual sight. Verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out. And when he found him he asked. Do you believe in the son of man? Do you believe in the son of man? Who is he sir. That I may believe in him. He asked. The man still doesn't see. Or know who Jesus really is. And the man here he wants to believe. Verse 37. Jesus answered. You have seen him. In fact. He is the one speaking with you. The man responds, I believe, Lord. And he worshipped him. It's only when Jesus finds the man, it's only when Jesus reveals himself to the man, does he truly see, does he spiritually see by faith. Only then does he believe and only then does he worship his saviour the man who has given him sight. We've seen the blind man growing in his understanding, haven't we? We've seen the man go from understanding Jesus as a man called Jesus, to a prophet, to one from God, to now the son of man, to the one he believes in, seeing by faith the saviour of the world. He is the light. And Jesus goes on in verse 39. Jesus says, I have come into this world for judgment in order that those who do not see will see, as we've seen in the blind man, and those who do not see will become blind. He is the light of the world who has come to give sight to the blind, but his light will cast shadows and people will be divided. There will be the blind who come to see, come to salvation by faith in the Lord Jesus, in the light of the world, But there will be those who claim to see, those who rely on their knowledge, who are so sure that they are fine, who will be shown to be blind, who will become blind. Some of the Pharisees, verse 40, hear what Jesus says here. Some of the Pharisees, read with me, who were with him heard these things and they asked him, we aren't blind too, are we? They've completely missed it, haven't they? And Jesus confirms what we see what we have seen in this sign. Verse 41, if you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. If you recognized that you, didn't, you couldn't see, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say, we see, now that you are so confident that you know, your sin remains. Your guilt remains. Confidently claiming to know they are confirmed to be blind. They have confirmed their blindness in what they know. They have gone, the Pharisees have gone like this, They've gone from he's, not, he's a man not from God to he's a sinner to one unknown to one they've completely rejected now to being so they have been seen or shown to be blind and guilty. The man has gone up in his understanding and he has come to see clearly. The Pharisees, they have just confirmed their blindness. Those who have not seen no, still don't see. They have become blind. Because the Pharisees, they rely on knowledge, not faith in Christ. Jesus has not opened their blind eyes. Their blindness and their guilt remains. The light of the world has come for judgment in this sixth sign. He has come to open the eyes of the blind. He showed this in the healing of a man born blind. Never has this happened in the world. Yet here is the Messiah, the Saviour, who has done it. The sixth sign. John says, knowledge will not save us. Only faith in the one who opens your blind eyes. As Christians, we can only ever be thankful for this and humble before Christ. For the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world has opened our eyes to see him in all his glory and his blinding light. It is Christ's doing and not our own. It's so reassuring that I find this so reassuring because what I don't know what I know won't save me. What I know won't save me. I don't know that much. (laughs) But it is by faith in the one who has opened our eyes. He has done this that we may see and be saved. I was blind is the call of Christians. I was blind. And now I can see. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your Son, the light of the world, to shine brightly. That we may see him in all his glory because you, because your Son has opened our eyes. We thank you for revealing him to us. One thing we know is that we were blind, but now we see. We give you great praise and thanks for that, Lord. We ask, we pray this in your Son's name. Amen.